Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our continued study for the day of soundness without spitefulness. I've been a bit concerned, as many have, that our time quarantined away from our normal routine may in fact have done some damage to us. I think we're all aware of that. Some things have fallen apart while other things may have improved. Our family time together, our opportunities to be together have maybe improved as family, but even in that, Maybe even the family time has had a little rough time. I'll not call them by name, but apparently one family has really come to blows playing a certain game together. So see, this stuff can really cause trouble. Maybe, maybe we need to think about how we interact with each other, especially during these times when we have maybe a little more opportunity to be a part of things in a different way that opens up us feeling more comfortable doing these things. You'll see what I mean in a moment. I want you to join with me then in thinking about a look at what is. For three weeks now, I'm going to use this time to each Sunday night to have an evaluation of ourselves as a congregation and as individuals of this church. And so I'm going to ask you to think, to, to look deep within yourself. I'll be looking at myself. We will be looking at us as a church. I want us to think about who we are as we deal with this particular topic. And therefore, I want you to think with me as we are also trying to reestablish the theme with which we began the year. This year began with the theme, reach or focus on the goal. Focus because it's 2020. Because of things that have been happening related to the virus or related to social unrest or related to the political year or whatever we might think about, maybe our focus has been lost or at least it has been diverted. And so I'm calling us back to this focus. And the focus we have for today is for us to learn to be sound without being spiteful. I want you to think with me as we examine ourselves congregationally and individually, and if you're joining us online, wherever you are, think about the church where you are, the people where you are, your family and you as individuals joining with us in this self-evaluation process. Let me first of all say it's pretty obvious that the sounds of spitefulness are all around us, everywhere we look. We hear stories about road rage. 
people who are acting and reacting in ways that are spiteful, uh, vengeful, returning to someone based on what they have had happen to them. I read some statistics today that 50% of drivers in a certain survey admitted that they have used various tactics when someone has cut them off in traffic. Maybe it's blowing the horn, flashing lights, giving some unfortunate gestures. Maybe it's yelling out the window. Whatever it is, maybe even they do some aggressive driving in response. I've seen it many times, as you have on the interstates particularly. That same survey actually showed that 2% of the people who had experienced that being cut off by an aggressive driver, they actually admitted that they tried to run that individual off the road with their car. And then I read these statistics that said in the past seven years, there have been 12,610 injuries and 218 murders as the direct result of road rage. The sounds and sights of spitefulness. How about those frivolous lawsuits that we hear about? Every one of us knows about Stella Liebeck. Maybe you don't recognize the name, but you will recognize the lawsuit because in 1993, she sued McDonald's. When she had been given coffee, she was sitting there in the passenger seat. Her nephew was driving, and she had taken the cup top off to put in her sugars, and it spilled over her and gave her burns on her legs. And she sued McDonald's. Oh, and by the way, she won. She won $160,000 in damages because the, the people who were making that arrangement, the lawyers, the judges, and if there was a court trial, I think there may have been, decided that 20% of it was her fault. So instead of 200000 they gave her one hundred and sixty. Oh, but that's not it. They also gave her $6.7 million in punitive damages against McDonald's. In 1988, two men who were carpet layers, one named Falk, the other Falker, and the other uh, named Roach, they were like, their business was laying carpet. They had a three and a half gallon container of the adhesive that they buy from this particular company. And it exploded and burned them. And they sued the company. Now, here's the thing. It said on the side, flammable. They were storing it next to a water heater. 
And when the water heater came on, it ignited the gases from the adhesive and blew up. And they sued the company and won $8 million. We see the sights and hear the sounds of spitefulness all around us. But you know what? None of us are probably going to be involved in stuff like that. But I think we hear the sounds of spitefulness in our conversations with each other on social media, even in person, in all kinds of ways, the way we talk and approach each other at times, I hear the sounds of spitefulness. In Proverbs 24, the wise man said, starting in verse 28, Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. Do not deceive with your lips. For will you say, I will do to that man as he has done to me. I will re reward him for his deeds. When I think about spitefulness, I think a lot about the way we speak to each other. The way that we say things to each other. Not just the words, but the way in which the words are given. And I think it's a problem. There are some things that everybody has problems with. We don't all have the same problems, but we all have some of the same problems. And this may be one of those things where we have all been guilty at some time or other of saying something that we should not have said and we know it. Or of saying it in a way that was not good and we know it. So as I'm often asked, are you preaching to any particular people in your sermons? And the answer is no. I always say I preach to me first and then I preach to everybody else. But I'm preaching to everybody here because we've all stumbled here. I want you to think with me, number two, about the fact that these sounds of spitefulness that we hear all around us, they also were right there in the first century. Turn, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And I want you to notice the sounds of spitefulness in the first century. And as we see these sounds, I want you, us that is, to use them as our means of self-examination. I want us to see what was said here, and then I want us to ask ourselves, are we guilty of the same thing that Paul was writing to Timothy about? Notice, if you will, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 3. As
as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, remain in Ephesus that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. I hear the sounds of spitefulness in the first century. What is he saying? There were people in the first century who were involved in meaningless questions rather than meaningful discussion. The text says there were fables and endless genealogies. And these were causing disputes. I am certain that there are many times in our discussions, in our talk, in our having conversation with each other, we get involved in meaningless questions. Now sometimes the meaningless questions are just fun to ask and we're just having fun and we talk about that famous one that everybody knows. I have a question for you. Did Adam and Eve have a navel? That's been a question just because it's interesting. It's funny to ask. But he's talking about people who take things that are of little value in comparison to the spiritual value and elevating it to a degree as though it's life or death. You know what? These meaningless questions that continue to fuel disputing cause a problem for the church. They cause a problem for Christian individuals. They cause problems. Our job in soundness is to be concerned about meaningful discussion. The word is, verse 4, godly edification. So the question would be as we examine ourselves... When we are discussing things together, whether in person or in some written form or social media, are we trying to edify or are we actually disputing meaningless questions? Number two, verses five and six. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk. The second metric by which we can discuss whether we are sound or spiteful I hear the sounds of spitefulness and I hear the contrast to that in this text as well. Here it is, love talk versus lazy talk. When we are having discussions, when we are talking together, when we are arguing, if you will, are we doing it out of a spirit of love for one another? Are we doing it out of love that comes from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith? Those are three things that will help us to understand 
what lies behind that discussion. Our heart, our conscience, our faith out of love should guide that discussion rather than having lazy talk. The word here is idle discussion. It's a word that refers to the inability to talk about something of value that's very deep. And so you just sort of go to the laziest thing to think about. Lazy speech bothers me, and I admit I have a problem with it. Lazy speech. Because there are so many times, and I hear hosts on the radio that sometimes drive me crazy. But especially among kids when I'm teaching or having discussions with young people. It seems like they have to say the word like, like every other like sentence. <laughs> That's just lazy talk. It's also lazy talk to use crude language. I've often heard and believe that that type of language is the effort of a feeble mind to express itself forcefully. It's a lot more difficult to think of something to say that's wise and deep rather than just giving in to the baser words that everybody else is using. So in our second examination, do our discussions have love talk or lazy talk? Number three, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. And we start at verse 3 to hear the difference between wholesome words and wrangling words. If anyone teaches otherwise, it does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourselves. Here is the idea. Are we in our questioning, our discussions, our conversations, are we using wholesome words or are we merely wrangling the discussion? And that word simply means to throw something in there just to cause a problem. I do believe that as a people, we want to stand for the truth. I really believe that as a people, oftentimes the kinds of things that we say in print or in person in defense of an issue or against an issue. I believe that it is really the case that we intend to stand up for the Lord, to stand up for God, to stand up for His Word. We want to be sound with the Word of God. So I don't think there's any intention among people basically who are Christians to be spiteful. But the question is not the intention of spitefulness. The question is, does it come across that way? 
Have we worked hard not to be spiteful? When I hear what Jesus said, when I hear what Paul wrote, I'm hearing rebuke. I'm hearing chastisement. I'm hearing the kinds of things that go against error, and we should indeed, but I don't hear them hating the person whom they are talking about. In fact, Paul on one occasion said, deliver this person over to Satan that his soul might be saved. The purpose, the purpose is to say, I want you to be saved. I want us to have a good relationship. I want us to enjoy the family of God together. How do we rate on these things? So why is it? If we really want things to be that way, if we really want to have a a stance for truth, and we're really trying to do that, even if it sometimes comes across poorly. What's happening? Go to, back to 1 Timothy 6 and notice one phrase in verse 5, admittedly, that I have never really thought about much. I probably will again in the future. But for right now, what was the problem with these people who were wrangling, who, who were having this kinds of disputing What's going on? Well, they suppose godliness is a means of gain. Now, one way that happens is, in the first century, it seems like there were people who were just trying to make money by preaching and teaching. Well, that happens today. We know that to be true. At least that's the appearance. Without judging motives, it appears that sometimes people just want to get personal gain out of that. But there are other ways in which godliness is for personal gain. Those of us who really are trying to be sound, who really want to speak as the Lord speaks, what does it mean, godliness as a means of gain? What's he talking about? Let me ask you this. If we judge our soundness by how many people we confront and bury with our words, is that really the kind of soundness that God wants? What about do we judge our soundness by the number of words that we speak? In other words, like we talked this morning, just keep on talking and don't give the other people a chance. Is that soundness? where we just get them to shut up without ever saying anything? Do we judge our soundness by how much we gain from it versus how much the Lord gains from this discussion? As it relates to social media, is it a badge of honor? For soundness by being able to say these are the number of people who have defriended me because I stand for the truth. I don't mean to be ugly. don't mean to be cruel. But I will say this. If we can't have discussions, 
if we can't have disagreements, if we can't have these kinds of conversations without burying the other person, without destroying the other person, without making sure that we are opposing the teaching versus the person, then we are doing damage to the reputation of the Lord's church to people who see and hear that. And we're damaging our own souls. So what is God's message to us? His message is real simple. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. That's God's message to us. Don't be the person who does evil for evil. How about 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8? Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous, not returning evil for evil, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. And then I hear the words of Jesus in Matthew 5. When he said to those people, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, whoever slaps you on the one cheek, turn the other also. Yes, we're called to soundness. Yes, we're called to sound doctrine. Yes, we are called to stand up and fight for the truth. Next week, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how to be in warfare without being at war. But our soundness, while we stand for what is true and we defend what is right, we better not turn people away in such a way that because of our attitude, because of the mentality, and because of not taking time to think how we're going to say something in the best way possible, we take away an opportunity for real teaching, real change, and real help. Let us as people, let us as a church, continue to be sound in the faith. But let us not be spiteful while we are doing so. And to that, I will say, for me, in the words of Jack Hall, were he here, Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. I hope this message helps you. I hope that we give some real deep thought to the way that we interact with each other, being sound before the Lord. May God bless our country. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us as we move forward. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. 
Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.